0: with conair girl bomb available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you
1: you know you've got a comeback in you when you take the next step you're going to make it count for your career for your family for your life you can earn a degree you're proud of with purdue global purdue global is backed by purdue university one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities
2: Looking for insightful and heartfelt conversations about social justice, activism, and innovation? I'm glad to recommend the podcast, All Inclusive with Jay Ruderman. Hosted by Jay Ruderman, a social activist and philanthropic leader in diversity and social justice. Every other Monday, Jay interviews leaders and experts on the latest news, technology, and advocacy for a more socially just world. Hear leaders like PBS NewsHour's Judy Woodruff discuss her remarkable career in journalism and work in disability advocacy. Curb Your Enthusiasm's Cheryl Hines on inclusion in Hollywood. In order to create an innovative future, honest discussions must be held. All Inclusive will inspire you to keep learning and to take action to build a positive future. Listen to All Inclusive wherever you're listening right now. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Womanica. This month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. We're covering stories across the spectrum, from women who made good trouble, to women who thrived in illicit industries, to villains in the truest sense of the word. All of the women we're covering had a major impact on the societies in which they lived. Today's troublemaker played a huge role in a male-dominated corner of the crime world bootlegging. During an era filled with some of history's most notorious gangsters and crooks, this womanikin made her mark with mystery, intelligence, and quality. Let's talk about Gertrude Cleo Lithgow. Gertrude Lithgow was born in 1888 in Bowling Green, Ohio. She was the youngest of 10 children. When Gertrude was young, her mother passed away. Her father was unable to care for her and her siblings, leaving them essentially orphaned. As a young adult, Gertrude worked as a stenographer in California and New York, before taking a job at the British Scotch whiskey wholesaler, Hagen McTavish. The position was based in New York City. At first, this seemed like a lucrative business. After all, by 1830, the average American over 15 years old drank three times as much alcohol per year as we drink today. That meant seven gallons annually. But these numbers spurred a temperance movement that worked nonstop to get alcohol prohibited. Eventually, temperance succeeded. The 18th Amendment was established in 1917. It banned the manufacture, sale, and transportation of alcohol. The National Prohibition Act enforcing this amendment came into effect in 1920, officially making Gertrude's job illegal. But many alcohol manufacturers kept producing, including Gertrude's employer, Hagan McTavish. So the sale of alcohol fell to bootleggers willing to work outside the law. Hagan McTavish saw how sharp Gertrude was. They put her in charge of their operation in Nassau, the capital of the Bahamas. Though bootlegging was a male-dominated industry, Gertrude excelled at seeking buyers and brokering liquor sales. She would meet ships coming from Europe and oversee the liquor being offloaded. Then she would cut deals with rum runners, the people responsible for bringing that illicit alcohol back to the States. Business was booming. The year after prohibition took effect, Nassau's alcohol sales grew by 400 times. High sales meant lots of money floating around the city. Gertrude lived in the Lucerne Hotel, the bootleggers' headquarters. There, she consorted with crooks and fellow bootleggers who regularly paid their tabs with $1,000 bills. At first, some of Gertrude's customers were suspicious of her gender. They were used to working with other men. But Gertrude won them over with her clear intelligence and the quality of her goods. If anyone questioned her position, she'd quickly put them in their place. In one case, Gertrude caught wind of a man badmouthing the quality of her liquor. As the story goes, she marched into the barber shop where he was being shaved and made him come to her office. She later recounted, I told him I'd put a bullet through him as sure as he sat there. He went away mighty quick. Before long, Gertrude came to be known as the Bahama Queen. Her tall, slender appearance, dark hair, and regal features made many people compare her to Cleopatra. She earned the nickname Cleo. By the mid 1920s, she was basically a celebrity in the United States. Though Gertrude operated successfully for several years, she was eventually arrested in New Orleans for smuggling a thousand cases of whiskey into the city. She was cleared of the charges but that close brush with the law left its mark. By 1925, Gertrude felt that she was jinxed and at risk of being murdered. She decided to quit bootlegging and instead focused on writing a memoir. Gertrude lived the rest of her life out of the limelight, bouncing from one hotel to another in Miami and New York. Eventually, she settled down for 25 years in the Hotel Tuller in Detroit. She released her memoir in 1965, called The Bahama Queen, the autobiography of Gertrude Cleo Lithgow. Gertrude passed away in 1974, at the age of 86. All month, we're talking about troublemakers and villains. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. As always, we'll be taking a break for the weekend. Talk to you on Monday. Looking
0: for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girl Bomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results, made just for women. From the ultimate Girl Bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Right Rug Flooring.